Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today the lovely Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing well. I want to say Merry Christmas. I think we're we're just about there. Yeah. God, it's been a long year. I can't <laughs> wait for it to be over, to be honest. I was listening to one of our episodes, uh, it was probably a month or so ago now, and I think you were saying, this year has been especially long. And I said, Rena, I think we say that every year. And I think it's yeah, this time of the year that we look back and we really, we feel it. But, you know, we got there and it's Christmas party season and it's summer and uh, Santa's nearly here. Are you taking some time off? You're going away anywhere exciting? I'm not going away. I'm closing the office for a few weeks, but I might do a little trip maybe in that period. But um, we're going away next year on a big trip. So Ooh, I need to um, plan that yeah. in my time off. Because sometimes you actually need time off to actually plan yes. a holiday, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And this is, I always find this is a good time of year for planning. And similar yeah. to you, my office closes as well, and the courts are closed, and it's all a bit quieter. And I do always try to take that early January period to do a bit of planning for the year, look at what my goals for business might be personal what I want to achieve and try and map those out as best yeah. I can you know that that's certainly the intention if I can get 10% of the way there then that's, that's better than yeah, nothing we yeah we always have good intentions um about the time period that you have I think oh, I'll do this and I'll do that but sometimes you tend to do a lot more socializing so, true. You, so it goes all socializing very sleeping well. all that important yeah. stuff. <laughs> exactly all right so what's been your challenge for this week Rena? This is an interesting one. Um, it's a compulsory management that I'm looking after. They're actually it's a three lot scheme with two owners, with two lots being owned by the same owner, and um, this owner owes a substantial amount of, of levies, and so obviously action needs to be taken. But when I took carriage of the scheme earlier this year, the legal fees which are also substantial, had not been paid to the lawyer because there were insufficient funds to pay the lawyer for their legal fees. And basically we're, we're sort of at the federal court level now with this matter anyway. And so the lawyer has said to me, Rena, well, I can't act anymore until I'm paid my legal fees. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, let me know how much you need in order for us to recover the levies and to pay your legal fees. And so he actually provided me with three different cost agreements for each cost order and two are in the federal court and one is in the local court. So I'm now going to raise a special levy in order for the cost assessment to be done as well as um, raising money for the legal fees. But I've never really come across this before, Amanda, in terms of um, having this occur. And I think part of the problem is because the owner has disputed how the levies have been allocated. And I think we've had this discussion probably before, not even on our podcast, but when we were working together on a case where a lot of the software actually, when levies are received, it will actually allocate the levies against the oldest debt first. So that could include uh, legal fees that have been put on the lot account for recovery of of levy contributions, et cetera. Although what I've learned, that was one particular software that does that. The other software that I'm using now 
is set up automatically to do that, but you can actually override it and right. tell it that when levies come in, I want it to go to the admin fund first, capital fund second, interest third, and then other costs. Yeah, and I think this is another case where the um, legal costs have all been put on a lot account as well, Amanda, which uh, I think okay. you and I have discussed and been involved in a case where we found out that you really can't do that. So I'm a bit confused. What is it that this lawyer is now seeking to do? Do they want to be paid and you're getting their costs assessed or...? Yeah, well, because there's been a dispute about their cost, the owner has disputed their cost. Yes. We don't want to go to the court and then have a fight about cost. So what the cost agreement is, is an application for cost assessment. Right. And two in the federal court and one is in the local court. Got it. So there are obviously various judgments, but, you know, it's just so complicated and I've just never really come across this before. I've come across, you know, cost assessments, yeah. but not where the owner's corporation has had to basically agree to that. But I think in this case, because of the contentious nature. Yeah of the lot owner versus the owner's corporation and the lawyers and, and what's transpired in the past. I think that this has been taken as an approach to not to, so that we can, the owner's corporation can recover it, its levies, but after the cost assessments have been done. So it probably reduces the fight in court about the costs, which I think have been disputed in the past. Yeah, sure. It would do that if you had a cost assessment and a figure that's determined by a cost assessor as to what is a fair and reasonable amount of costs. And that process is done through application to the Supreme Court where a solicitor is appointed, somebody who is a cost specialist, and they go through the lawyer's bills and they come up with a figure as to what they say is a fair and reasonable amount. And it might be the same as what the lawyers actually build or it might be less than what the lawyers actually build. So so in the meantime, while this is happening, are the federal court proceedings to recover the unpaid levy are they on hold? Yeah, they're expiring. I think you've got one year or something, Amanda. Yeah. But the initial amount is to raise the levies to pay for the cost assessment. That's the first part. So that's what we're doing now. We're not raising all the levies for the legal fees. We're raising the levy to do the cost assessment. Okay. I wouldn't imagine that that was too expensive. I mean, there's an application fee and then there's the, I'm not yeah, sure. But if, you, if you look at how much is outstanding in terms of legal fees to the lawyer and levies owed to the owners corporation, we're talking about a substantial amount of money yeah. where that assessment amount is really insignificant compared to the for the amounts we're, we're talking about. Okay. That does sound challenging. Yeah, it's a cash flow issue because, you know, we don't have enough funds in, in the owners corporation's accounts to pay bills apart from, you know, just the maintenance things sure. and insurance. Sure. And it also means that the other owner is also um, disadvantaged by the fact that all our energy is being expended in trying to recover levies mm. and and there's a fight about legal costs. Yeah, of course. And where you've got this three-lot scheme, it's the owner who owns two lots who's not paying the levies. You can't easily solve this problem by raising a special levy and having everyone contribute and pitch in for the time being. Um, yeah, unique situation. Yeah, the current levies are being paid, um, just the ones that have been that the disputed were determined ones, yeah. at the last AGM, but it's all the other disputed, which is quite substantial. Yeah. Oh, well, let us know how that all pans yeah. out. That is definitely an area where strata management and strata law as well can get quite quite complex and interesting. So we always like to hear about those ones. Yeah. Well, I had a question this week, Rena, from a strata manager, both a client and a friend of mine. And this strata manager reached out to me with a really good question. She asked me whether co-owners could be acting committee members. And there is provision in the legislation here in New South Wales that an acting committee member can be appointed. And 
an acting committee member must be somebody who is otherwise eligible to be a member of the Strata Committee. Now, the relevant sections of the Act are Section 31, which sets out the people who are eligible to be appointed or elected to the Strata Committee, and Section 34, which talks about how acting members of the Strata Committee may step in. And this particular question, uh, as I said, related to a co-owner being an acting member, And my answer to that question was that the co-owner will not be eligible if their other co-owner, the other owner of the same lot, is also a committee member. So that's why this strata manager was asking me because she knew that there was, uh, for example, two owners of lot two, a husband and wife. The husband was already a committee member uh, and the question was, can the wife step in as an acting member? Now, the wife is not eligible to be a committee member because the husband is already a committee member and they own the same lot. Uh, The only way that that could happen is if the wife actually owned another lot in the building. So she separately owned lot six, then she could be a member of the committee and therefore she could also be an acting member of the committee. So um, the concept of who's eligible to be appointed to the committee, uh, how a committee election should be run, who can nominate who for a committee can actually be quite complicated. And we have a few Mm. new rules under the new act. So I don't know about you, Rena, but I've been attending meetings where um, committee elections have taken a little bit longer while chairpersons and strata managers and even myself, we get our heads around making sure all the nominations are legally correct and that the election is properly conducted. So I thought I'd just cover that one off on the podcast for anyone who's uh, a co-owner who wants to be on the committee to be very clear about the eligibility requirements. And I'll put links to section 31 and and 34 of the Strata Schemes Management Act in the show notes. I do actually have an e-book which is available on the Your Strata Property website and it sets out what the new requirements are under the new Act for Strata Committees. And you can get that from yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash ebooks. It's got a small purchase price there. And of course, if you're a member of the Your Strata Property online community, you get all of those ebooks for free. So you can head over and check that out. Uh, How about a win for this week, Rena? What's gone well this week? Yeah, I had a client um, approach me from a Strata scheme for some personal consulting advice because she was quite concerned that there are three buildings, Amanda, in, in her street, three strata scheme that are all adjacent. And there seems to be, I think the, the same strata manager manages all three. And basically she's on the committee, but what she's finding is that there's a local real estate agent that's been trying to gain interest in the strata renewal process uh-huh. by trying to get, and it's quite a substantial amount of land. I mean, it would be quite a big site if all three strata schemes came together and, and were redeveloped. Mm. But the issue that she came to me about was relating to the fact that there's a bit of a fact that's in the committee and they're, they're going off having their little meetings, Amanda, and with the strata manager and with the real estate agent. And in a sense, there's no documentation, there's no formal resolutions. And she asked me what steps need to be taken. I said to her, and she's quite concerned, one committee member's already resigned because they're quite stressed out about the whole situation. And I said to her, the strata renewal process is quite a lengthy process. And I, and I gave her some fact sheets from Fair Trading and, and other information that, that I had. But I think this goes back to our point, Amanda, of two things. One, um, following the legislation, and in this case, we've got strata committees not acting properly. The strata managers appearing to be 
not being objective and being involved with this real estate agent, I'm not sure if there's anything there. I'm not saying that there is, mm. but from a law owner's point of view and a strata committee member's point of view, when they see this happening, you know, people start to think, well, what's this strata manager getting out of this? Even though there could be nothing in it. It could just be that they have a professional relationship and one's trying to help the other one. Mm. And so I think that the real estate agent is trying to railroad it through and she, she's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And Again, some committee members not making proper decisions informally convened meetings where there are proper motions. Mm-hmm. So for any lot owner living in that scheme, she said to me, Marina, here she gave me copies of all her agendas and minutes. There's not hardly any. And nothing at all about this strata renewal process even being discussed or yeah, a real estate yeah. agent being involved. And I think she was very happy that, you know, I sort of gave her some comfort and advice that this can't happen. Yeah. And even though it's being proffered as a fait accompli, mm. it's not definitely the case at all, that it's quite a lengthy process and the committee must formally meet, document what's been happening, the, you know, the interest that's been provided through the real estate agent, and then mm. obviously take the steps that need to be taken. But... It's just an example, I think, Amanda, again, of we talked in the last episode about dysfunctionality. This is not dysfunctionality per se, but again, it's it's not a very well-functioning committee. No. And, and someone has to feel that they had to come to me and, and pay mm. money to actually get some advice because they were concerned that their committee wasn't acting properly and, and indeed they're not. Yeah, it's interesting that you raised this this week, Rena, because it was only two weeks ago I was contacted by a lot owner in a very similar situation, albeit in a large scheme, and she said exactly the same thing. The committee seems to be talking to real estate agents, talking to developers. There seem to be plans in place to sell the building and I have not seen one motion on the agenda of a single meeting that deals with this uh, help. Is the building going to be sold out from under me without me knowing? Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that that is going on in other places and, and you're hearing that too. You're exactly right. There are very strict requirements when it comes to a collective sale under the Strata Schemes Development Act. Meetings must be held and the meetings must have particular prescribed agendas and must resolve particular prescribed motions. And one of the very uh, first motions that needs to be resolved is by the owners corporation in general meeting to opt in to the collective sale process that is set out Mm. in the Strata Schemes Development Act. So if that hasn't happened, if you haven't had a general meeting where a motion has been put to opt in to the collective sale process under the new Development Act, then your strata committee cannot take any further step to proceed with that collective sale process, for example, by spending money on valuations, spending money on consultants and experts who are preparing reports and plans and proposals to do with a collective sale. You haven't opted in. You haven't resolved a motion to opt in. Then none of that mm. should be happening. And the real issue here is, is money, is what money is being spent, getting advice, uh, getting valuations. Does the committee, is that money budgeted for? And does the committee have the authority, therefore, to be spending that money? And that was certainly the concern of the lot owner who approached me, uh, she felt like plans and forecasts and and valuations were being done and there hadn't been a single meeting explaining to owners what the collective sale process was and complying with the Act. So I did exactly as you did, Rena, sent her some information about what those requirements were and gave her some comfort and said, look, when you do get that agenda notice 
that tells you we're about to propose the kicking off of this process, make sure you do attend that meeting. And if you need some help at that stage, then I'm here. But in the meantime, if they seem to be going off on their merry way, and I understand that a lot of these times real estate agents are involved in pushing these kinds of sales, their commission would be quite hefty if they can. No, okay. Well, it's three separate strata schemes, Amanda. Yeah. So you can have about maybe I think about 50 or 60 in each one. So yeah. it's quite big. And it's not to say that these owners and, and the lady who contacted me said, Amanda, I might be happy to sell but I want to make yeah. sure that it's done properly, that it's the right time, where there may be a rezoning around the corner, so it might be better to wait until that happens. There are all these issues. It wasn't simply that, you know, she wanted to have her forever home and not move, but she wanted to make sure the process was being done properly. So that's definitely about reaching out to people like myself and Rena to educating yourself about that process and there's definitely a lot of information out there around uh, these collective sales, which we'll be seeing more and more of. Yeah, I think, Amanda, you just hit the nail on the head. It's about also about transparency and it's not about people not wanting the process to occur. It's about doing it correctly. And I think in a lot of cases where things go wrong in strata schemes invariably is when people don't follow the procedures and the act and that's where people get themselves into trouble. Mm. So I think it's a good lesson just to make sure that you do things correctly and strata committees are having meetings in the first instance to discuss the idea before you go down the formal path. Yep. Exactly. All right, good. Excellent to cover that off. Now, I have a very quick win to share this week. And Rena, you know about this one. Rena is together with me a member of the steering committee for Women in Strata, which is a, a networking and support group for women working in strata management. And a few months ago, we officially launched our new mentoring program. And we called for applications from both people who would like to be a mentor to a young woman in strata management and young female strata managers who would like to be mentored. And I'm very pleased to confirm that that has been a very popular program. We've had our applications come flooding in from both mentors and mentees, and we'll be kicking off the next phase of that process really soon. So I am a huge advocate of mentoring. I've had many mentors uh, over my years in my professional and my personal life. And the most important mentor of which has actually been Arena's husband, Robert Van Oust, who uh, a lawyer of many years, my very first legal position. I worked with Robert and those who know me and have heard me speak about my history before will know um, how important Robert and Rena have been in my Thank professional you, life. <laughs> and so mentoring is just so crucial, uh, I think, for for people. I, and I won't say young people, young people, but the people who might be new to a profession uh, at any stage of your life when you're looking to maybe start a business or, to, or grow your business to the next level, make new connections. It's really important to have mentors. So we, we really shared that message a couple of months ago when we launched this program and it's wonderful to see how well it's been received. I'm really looking forward to seeing both those mentors and mentees, if that's the right word, uh, flourish. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that one and thank you, Rena, for your work on the committees for helping to make that happen as well. Yeah, it's been a great year and I totally agree that um, having a good mentor or a men- number of mentors I think is mm. really important. Robert's been my mentor as well, yes, so I've been quite lucky. lucky. You and I have had the benefit of his experience and expertise. And, and I think um, 
in terms of for women especially I think sometimes women like confidence and and I find that even though you know we have the capability and we and we have a lot of skills sometimes we just don't feel that we're going to be good enough for something and then you need someone like a mentor to sort of challenge that notion and and get you out of your comfort zone and get you going so yeah it's a great idea that we've had that program that's been introduced for women in strata and Mm. looking forward to being a part of it next year yeah and next year is just around the corner it shall be a, a, a big one I always say if my next year is just as good as my last one has been I'll be a happy person and it always turns out that it's even better so it's a, a good time to be planning as we said and uh, yeah. planning for that big year I don't think I'll talk to you until the new year Rena. no well I might talk to you but maybe not on air I'll talk to you. <laughs> right. I'm sure I will talk to you, Amanda, but not through, not through the podcast. Exactly. Well, our best wishes for the break and uh, also to our listeners as well. Thank you for yeah. a fabulous year. It's been wonderful sharing it with you. Yeah. Have a safe and happy Christmas, everyone, and we'll see you back next year. Yeah. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?